Welcome to Insights with Sights, the symphony of scripture, a weekly podcast exploring the themes and contours of the weekly scripture readings. For more information about the podcast or to download the companion notes, please visit www.wickliffcollege.ca/podcast. We now join our host, the Reverend Dr. Christopher Seitz. For every year of the three-year lectionary readings for the day of Pentecost, the Gospel reading is taken from John's Gospel, and those sections in chapters 14 to 16 of his Gospel, which deal with, speak of, the Holy Spirit, the Paraclete, Comforter, Counselor, Advocate, sent by the Father in the Son's name, who will be present with the apostles as he has been present thus far, but more so. They are not, therefore, to be sorrowful now and as they witness his coming death and departure, because his going to the Father means simultaneously his sending of the Holy Spirit to comfort them and confirm in them his active life, to send them forth in the resurrection power of forgiveness in his name, as we will read at the end of John's Gospel, or in the language used here today, to convict the world, which does not know him but can come to know him as they do, through their testimony by the power of the Holy Spirit, to all he has done since they have been with him from the beginning. The other consistent reading for Pentecost is, of course, the signal account in Acts of the Holy Spirit's descent on the Twelve, those with him from the beginning, including now Matthias, As noted, Pentecost is the Greek word used by Jews for the Hebrew Shavuot, or Feast of Weeks, which at the time of Jesus had become a festival which commemorated the giving of the Torah, seven times seven days, or seven weeks, plus one, or Penta, 50, Pentecost. 50 days after Passover. At the time, it was one of the great pilgrimage festivals. We could well imagine the Ethiopian official there as one of the proselytes or God-fearers who are mentioned in our list today, alongside the Jewish inhabitants coming from all the regions which circle the Mediterranean and beyond each, of course, with their own native languages and mother tongues. The dynamic of Acts, its narrative inner nerve, is unleashed, as promised by Jesus before his ascension. He says, Do not depart from Jerusalem. Wait for the promise of the Father. Before many days you will be baptized by the Holy Spirit and by this power, 
your witnessing will ensue in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and indeed to the ends of the earth. The other consistent Pentecost reading for all three years is the psalm which is chosen for the day, 11 verses from Psalm 104. The creating and sustaining and renewing power of God consists of his wisdom, his word, which creates and sustains every single thing in creation he has made. O Lord, how manifold are all your works in wisdom. You have made them all. To withdraw this wisdom means a kind of hiding of God's face. But by contrast, you send forth your spirit, and so you renew the face of the earth. What the world does not know of the Father and the Son in the language of John's Gospel, is a distorting and obscuring of God's will in creating and renewing the whole face of the earth. Even deep down into the depths of the seas where the rogue Leviathan lives, who cannot thwart God in spite of his power and seeming independence, God made him for sport and for his own sheer delight and enjoyment. We have the option of returning to Old Testament readings on Pentecost Sunday, chosen from in year A, Numbers 11, that marvelous story of the Spirit falling on Eldad and Medad outside the camp. Or in year B, our year, Ezekiel's Spirit-renewing and death-defying in the Valley of Dry Bones. And in year C, an important text for Pentecost, that is Genesis 11. The creation of a single language undertaken by all nations so as to construct a tower into heaven. Rather than looking to and counting on the rainbow placed there to guarantee shalom in a language-divided world of God's good creating. It's important to note that the division into nations, languages, and tongues, such as we read in the preceding chapter 10 of Genesis, is a good thing, a part of God's wisdom-creating design to seek by human technology or craft to rise above this would misunderstand how God means to connect us and communicate with us in the calling of Abraham, in the sending of his Son, and by the blessing of the Holy Spirit. This Tower of Babel story forms the obvious backdrop to our language divided but fully enlivened in that state of affairs, work of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. We all hear in our own languages and tongues and national identities the mighty works of God. It takes a, a little bit of imagination, I think, to understand the account as Luke relates it in Acts chapter 2. I'll let set the scene. The twelve 
are there obediently waiting and occupying themselves in the upper room, the prayer and fellowship in one place of their present living. The wisdom, obedient creation begins churning as the heavens release the mighty wind as at creation itself. As a wildfire will noisily release sparks and flames of fire into the atmosphere in the shape of tongues, so the Holy Spirit descends and in his distributing form lands on the heads of each one of the twelve. Here we find the source of the otherwise strange bit of haberdashery, the bishop's mitre, a flame or tongue-shaped hat sitting atop the head, corresponding to this flame-shaped crown are real flames or tongues and languages, which are called forth at the Holy Spirit's bidding and spoken forth by the twelve who have been so outfitted. This strange manifestation is not for its own sake, but comes as an act of clear and life-changing communication. By whatever common language we might expect the pilgrims from all these various regions to speak with one another at the feast as they go about their business, they of course had deep inside themselves a mother tongue, a language of their own day-to-day living and loving and toiling and praying. The amazing feat to which they are treated is hearing the mighty works of God in the language most deeply resident and identifying of who they are, all at the same time and in the same place, and not an Esperanza language tower they construct to go up into heaven, but a loving and life-changing language of God come down into their deepest place of communicating and living. A marker as well, as we saw last week in the house of Cornelius, of the unifying work of God reaching out beyond the differences within the Jewish communities with their different tongues and homes and into the entire world of national, often hostile, pilgrimage-less divisions. The Jews who gathered at Pentecost were unified in their pilgrimage worship and hope And now the unity and power of the Holy Spirit spills like wildfire into their languages and lives and futures. In the epistle to the Romans, our reading, a possible reading for today, Paul speaks of the work of the Holy Spirit coming to address the groaning and longing of the creation, a creation including us in labor pains, to become all he would have in his fullest wisdom-driven renewing work. Full adoption, full redemption of our bodies belongs to the world of sure and certain hoping. And in the time of our earthly life, the meantime of our living, 
The Spirit helps us, giving us the words necessary, even at times below our words, in the arena of our present sighing and longing, as God searches us out and the Spirit intercedes for us in his name. When the Gospel of John this morning speaks of leading into all truth and of those things that are appropriate for our Christian walk after he has departed, he has in view just this kind of scenario, the Holy Spirit interceding and helping as we await the redemption of our bodies, opening the Scriptures. We can also think of the language we find in Acts as it unfolds when the Holy Spirit goes about the work of bringing in the other sheep, the Gentiles and God-fearers, into his blessing, the sheep of another flock. Then I remembered the word of the Lord, Peter will say of the Spirit's guiding into truth. In his decision to baptize Cornelius and his house, as he explains it in chapter 11 of Acts. Quote, I remembered the word of the Lord. Jesus had said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. In the language of Jesus in John's gospel for today, the Spirit takes what is mine and he declares it to you. The Holy Spirit opens the scriptures the Holy Spirit recalls the word of the Lord, and the Holy Spirit comes to bring us life in the full wisdom of God's creating and redeeming power. We hope you enjoyed Insights with Sights, the symphony of Scripture. For archived episodes and notes, please visit www.wickliffcollege.ca slash podcast Thank you, and we hope you tune in again. This podcast is a ministry of Wycliffe College at the University of Toronto.